0: What a week, folks. What a week. I have been busy and preoccupied and sleepy and swamped and frantic and distracted and, frankly, not all too keen to podcast. What this means for you is that once more this week, you're getting another Just Another Fanboy classic episode. Today, we have episode number 27, which was originally released on Wednesday, February the 28th, 2007. And honestly, I don't have a lot to say about it, except you do get the first installment of the original version of The Thrilling Adventures of Norman, Oklahoma. If you have my book and you've actually read it, well, it was originally a whole lot of different. So I'll tell you what, if you don't have my book, I'll put a link in the show notes just in case. But Beyond that, beyond me trying to use this opportunity to sell something of me, which, you know, I'm not really known for. Anyway, here you go. Enjoy. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that's all strung out on caffeine. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx broadcasting production. Lynx, like the cat... Um uh, meow. Just like a comic
1: book. Just like coming fool. Just like a comic book. Just like a comic book.
0: Welcome to episode number twenty-seven of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, February 27th, 2007, and just doesn't understand why people are still listening. Hey, I'm your host, Steven, and I gotta tell you, I've been swimming in my nostalgic pool tonight, because I have been watching Challenge of the Super Friends from 1978. I got this movie from Netflix, because my, my young son, Simon, who has been into the the superheroes, he's been watching the Justice League Unlimited series with me and he reads all my issues of Wizard magazine when I'm done with. It. He doesn't actually read them. I mean, he's only four. He he looks through them and he he recognizes all the characters and whatnot. So I thought it would be a treat to have him watch a cartoon that I used to watch when I was a kid, and that was Challenge of the Super Friends. So I've been watching that all evening long, and I gotta tell you, there's some crazy stuff happening in the Challenge of the Super Friends. I mean, if you haven't seen this series. I recommend going out and seeing it. It is old. It's 1978, and the animation leaves a little bit to be desired, but, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun and some very silly premises, like the first episode itself, I think it's called Wanted Super Friends. The Legion of Doom get together, and they, they have this really stellar plan to take over the Earth, and that's to basically change every human being on the face of the planet into bizarro and cheetah okay you've got an entire group you the entire population of the earth all the men are bizarros and all the women are cheetahs i mean the ray hits people and they actually they're wearing their regular clothes but, like, the women, they're wearing their regular clothes, but they have, like, the cheetah mask on. And, yeah, that's how they're going to take over the world. So, yeah. I mean, so they've got all these, the the bizarros and the cheetahs, and they're just basically just, just going around and gathering up all the money in the world and bringing it to the Legion of Doom. That's how they plan to take over the planet. But I had to get this disc from Netflix because Simon having only, you know, other than looking at some of my books and looking through the back issues of Wizard, he as far as he's concerned, the Justice League is the characters from the you know the 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 WB the the Warner Brothers uh Justice League Unlimited and the Justice League series before that so as far as he can as far as he's concerned John Stewart is the Green Lantern and you know hey I ain't got nothing against John Stewart but if my boy is going to like Green Lantern, he is going to like Hal Jordan. So I wanted to expose him to Hal Jordan. So that's that's why I got the disc. Uh, what else is going on this week? Well, the New York Comic Con was last weekend. A bunch of lucky bastards all over the, the, the country and the planet uh, got together in New York and celebrated comics and wish I could have made it, but I didn't. I was home instead reading about it on Newsorama and Comic Book Resources and Comic Geek's Beak and whatnot. So a lot of, not, not a whole lot of news coming out of the, the New York Comic Con, but there was, there was a few stories that, that kind of piqued my interest. We'll, we'll be talking about that later. Um, if you've been listening to the past couple of episodes, you'll, you'll know that I have spent the last week or so in the quote unquote, Hospital, after suffering a gunshot wound to the clavicle, and last episode, episode twenty-six had to be recorded by a couple of schmoes.
1: Schmoes? What the heck's that supposed
0: to mean? (laughs) It means you're a schmo, Norman. (laughs) A schmo. I don't know what schmo means, but but you're an idiot. well, hey, now, come on, there's no, just because I called you a schmoe don't mean you got to be calling me a, an, an, an idiot. I thought we did a nice job. Well, Gary, yes, I, yeah, you did do a very nice job, Gary. Well, I you. thought you did a great job. Thank you. Norman, on the other, <laughs> Norman, on the other hand. <laughs> oh, come, what? why you always got to
1: be picking on me?
0: Now, is that a question you really feel that you need well, to ask I, there, Charlie Brown? Charlie
1: Brown? What? <laughs> I don't get that.
0: Shut up, Gary. Well, now, who's picking on who, tough guy? Come on, I see you're not carrying the the gun tonight
1: no no oh, i'm not
0: that's good because i'd hate to have to throw you out All right okay well let's get the show a roll in here we don't have any listeners feedback to go over this week so i guess we'll just shoot on over to news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort this week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by Hogshead Coffee. The coffee with the great taste of once in a generation a product hits the market with such mass appeal that shoppers from all corners of the globe flock to their local stores many innocents die trampled to death by a mob of greedy consumers who have nothing more on their collective minds than procuring the latest innovation such products include cabbage patch dolls tickle me elmo and now hogshead coffee Hogshead Coffee brings you a flavor that is both unique and robust. The good folks of Hogshead Coffee use only the richest of beans, grown special in the wilds of Madagascar. These wonderful little beans are then fed to a blue ribbon prize winning hog from Kansas named Daisy, where Hogshead scientists spend hours a day picking the beans from Daisy's fecal matter before bringing them to you. It's this process that gives Hogshead Coffee the great taste of pork that you, the selective coffee drinker of great taste, has grown to love and demand. Hogshead Coffee, the only coffee with the unbridled taste of swine, from the makers of Sheep's Water Ice Cream. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, the New York Comic Con was this weekend, so I thought I'd just share a little news from the comic-con just some stories that i found interesting uh barry kitson artist on the mark wade run of legion of superheroes at dc has signed an exclusive deal with marvel comics and will be handling the art chores on the new matt fraction book the champions dc's manhunter is back from the dead again And there has been added confirmation that this is for good. It's not just some five or six issues. Uh, Dan Didio inadvertently answered during the DC Nation panel that the flash in that teaser image we've all seen uh, that was released several, several weeks ago is Barry Allen, and Red Robin from that image is Jason Todd. Now, did he really just let that slip? Or is he just... I don't know. Is it a red herring? Or is it a red robin? Don't know. Launching the same week as the Transformers movie, we're going to see a New Avengers Transformers crossover. This is a four-issue miniseries written by Stuart Moore, and nobody has been listed as doing the art chores. Uh, Let's read some questions and answers here from the Cup of Joe panel, from Joe Quesada. When will we see Ultimates number 13, April or May? Will Astonishing X-Men end after Whedon leaves? Quesada says, no. We'll be making an announcement soon. And will anyone die in World War Hulk? Quesada says, DC's sales. ooh, burn, Mr. Quesada, burn. There's going to be a new uh, New Warriors series written by Kevin Grievo, with art by Paco Medina. The lineup includes such characters I've never heard of, so they must be new. We got Wondra, Tempest, Warhawk, Decibel, Ripcord, who I think comes from G.I. Joe, and a few others. And probably what I feel is the greatest news to come out of the New York Comic Con the artist Mike Norton has signed an exclusive deal with DC so way to go Mr. Norton maybe we'll finally see him on a regular book and I will pick it up on DVD this week Stranger Than Fiction Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny and Tideland and that was news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort And now my comic book, Picks of the Week. This week from DC Comics, we have Green Arrow number 71. This is Seeing Red Part 3, Change Partners. Written by Judd Winnick, penciled by Scott McDaniel, inked by Andy Owens, Guy Major is the colorist, Pat Brousseau is the letterer, Tom Palmer Jr. is the associate editor, and Mike Carlin is the editor. Basically, what we got here is uh, Green Arrow takes on the Red Hood. Batman takes on Brick. But it's all just a diversion as some of the Red Hood's cronies capture Speedy. That's a little Mia. You know, this is a good book. I've Green Arrow is probably my top, eh, probably my favorite DC character of all time. Here's the thing, okay? I don't want to take anything away from, from Scott McDaniel. I like his art, um, but I would like to see more of, more of a top notch artist on Green Arrow. I think because I might be biased because I am a, a huge Green Arrow fan, but I'd like to see somebody bigger doing art on the book. You know who I would like to see on the book? I'm just going to throw this out here rags Morales, that's right i don't know if anybody has read the action comics annual that recently came out but old rags did a uh, a story in that and and i think he would fit perfectly on the green arrow book but you know again i don't want to take anything away from scott mcdaniel you know if if he's on the book for the next 24 50 issues fine i like it he's doing some good stuff colors are great Uh, Andy Owens is doing a good job. Judd Winnick's doing a great job. This is, it's not one of my, uh, top of the stack books every, every week, but it's, it's, it is a book I look forward to because I do like the green arrow. So if, if you've not read the green arrow, if you're not, if you're new to the character, I would suggest maybe picking up Kevin Smith's run quiver. It's on, uh, it's in trade. Try picking that up because that's a, a great jumping on point for the green arrow. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really a shame too, because quiver is a, it's an awesome book. And it's a shame that because of books like, um, I don't know, that Spider-Man black cat, the evil that men do that he took like six years to do. And, uh, I, there was some other book that he's taken forever to do. You know, he's, Kevin Smith is now known in the comic book industry as the, the guy you don't want writing your book because he takes forever. But Green Arrow, from what I understand, came out on time and it's just a damn good story. And I feel that if he had done Green Arrow and then had done his run on Daredevil and then just walked away from comics, he'd, He'd be known as a legend in the comic book world, but alas, tis not to be. And that's, like I said, that's a shame. So, Green Arrow number 71, my pick of the week. Next up for Marvel Comics is Astonishing X-Men number 20. This is written by Joss Whedon, art by John Cassidy, Laura Martin is the colorist, Chris Eliopoulos is on letters, assistant editor is Sean Ryan, uh, associate editors are Nick Lowe and Andy Schmidt, and the editor is Axel Alonzo. Okay, so our fine group from the Astonishing X-Men have landed on the break world. And, yeah, not not a whole lot happened in this issue. Um, they're they're on the break world. Colossus is, is a little depressed. He's a little sad. He's a little weepy because he does not want... To destroy these people, but he's apparently destined to do so. Um, again, not a real lot, you know, not a lot happening in this issue, but it, it was still good. It's still a fun read. Uh, I think Joss Whedon is doing a phenomenal job on the Astonishing X Men. I don't read any other X Men titles with the exception of of Wolverine, uh, Wolverine Origins now because I've dropped the regular Wolverine book, but. This is The Astonishing X-Men is is a good book for folks who who like the X-Men but don't really want to jump into uh any of the other books because of all the 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 continuity and the backstory and just all this, you know, it's like you have to buy an encyclopedia to really get into the X-Men, but The Astonishing X-Men's a really a really good book for us casual X-Men readers. Number three, my third pick this week, is Justice Society of America, number three. This is written by Jeff Johns. Pencils by Dale Eaglesham. Roy Jose is the inker. Rob Lay is the letterer. Uh, Jeremy Cox is on colors. The cover is by Alex Ross and Dale Eaglesham and Roy Jose. Adam Schlagman. Adam Schlagman, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is the assistant editor and Eddie Braganza is the editor. I can't say enough good things about the Justice Society of America. It's all coming together, baby, because, um, you just, you really got some good stuff in this and I'm gonna spoil it. You ready for some spoilers? The big bad is Vandal Savage, okay? He's out to Destroy the Justice League by, not the Justice League, God, I'm on crack or something tonight. Actually, it's Frappuccino. Anyway, Vandal Savage is out to destroy the Justice Society by taking out, um, well, the legacy of the Justice Society. He's killing off basically any character that is related to. To any of the Justice League, anybody who has Justice League, I keep saying that somebody shoot me in the head with a Norman. I can do it. That yeah, okay. Sorry. Anyway. He's taking out all the characters who have some type of tie to the Justice Society, and you know it's a whole legacy thing because these people stretch back for generations and generations. So, but it's a really great ending to the book that I'm, I'm not going to spoil. But it deals with a uh, Wildcat's son that we met at the end of issue one, and Hawkman's in the issue, just kicking some tush all over the place. Beating up these Nazis, and if you if you're not a normal fan, if if you're one of these guys that yeah I don't like that Hawkman, he's just a guy with wings, you know. He's if you ever watch the Super Friends, he's pretty lame. If your only experience with Hawkman is from Super Friends, you're missing out on a lot because Hawkman kicks a lot of ass. Um, yeah, check out Justice Society because it's great. If if you buy one DC book this year by justice society of America, that's, that's all I can say. Cause this is a great book. It's great. And the art is awesome. Dale Eaglesham, Eaglesham does a, he just does a phenomenal job. He just, he's very good with uh just really making these characters human. He's, I don't have enough words to describe how much I love this book. I want to marry it. I want to have children with it. I want it to walk down the aisle with me in a silky white dress and say the oath of marriage. Okay, I'm going a little too far. Anyway, those are my comic book picks of the week. And that brings us to at the movies with Gary Indiana.
2: do y'all Gary Indiana back with you once again for at the movies with Gary Indiana now this week I want to look at a computer animated movie called open season this features the vocal talents of Martin Lawrence Ashton Kutcher Billy Connolly there's a little of that Patrick Warburton in there and this is a movie about a bear and a deer okay so you got this bear named Boog and he lives with a, uh, she's like a park ranger and he's kind of like her pet. He's like her dog and he does a little show for her that, 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 that she does for all the, the local children's and whatnot. And, and basically he is, he is coddled and he is pampered and he lives in her garage and he has the good life. And he runs into this deer, this deer named Elliot who's, who is vocalized by Ashton Kutcher. And well, Elliot gets him into a lot of trouble and the, 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 the park ranger girl, I think, I believe her name was Beth. She feels that maybe it's time to, to take Boog back into the wild. You know, you get the sense that maybe she has raised this grizzly bear from, you know, since he was a cub and now it's time to, to take him back into the wild. And so she takes him and, and Elliot and drops him off up on the mountain and Boog has to try to survive in the wild. And it's, it's a really funny movie and the animation is just spectacular. I just, I, I really enjoyed this movie. It was really funny. It looked really good. It had a very nice, heartwarming little story and I would, I, I want to recommend this to everybody out there, especially you folks who got kids, cause, cause your kid's are gonna love it. Cause, well, first of all, it's got a bear named Bug. I mean, you can't go wrong if you got a kid and he's watching a movie about a character named Bug. I mean, <laughs> if you're a kid, that's just funny stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, open season. If you ain't seen it, you should see it because it's, it's a good flick. And that's my, that's my movie for the week. Open season. I can't say it enough. Open season. You want to hear it again? Ready? Here it goes. Open season. Go see it. At the movies. Gary, Indiana.
0: Well, there you go. And now for 30 seconds of nonsense. What's going on with the duck-billed platypus? I mean, is that just a weird animal or what? I mean, it's got the tail of a beaver, it's got the face of a duck, and it's got the body of, well, I guess a beaver. I mean, can you get more creepy than that? I think... If you really want a creepy animal, you could go with the possum. The possum is a pretty creepy animal, but not as, as creepy as a badger in Bermuda shorts. There's nothing creepier than a badger in Bermuda shorts. 30 Seconds of Nonsense has been brought to you by Star City Waste Management. Because when Mayor Oliver Queen wants to get rid of his waste, I you know, and I'm not sure what he does with it. And now for The View from Norman, Oklahoma, a weekly segment in which our resident, bitter old fanboy pisses and moans about the state of the comic book industry, or just about anything that generally pisses him off. Ladies and gentlemen, Norman, Oklahoma.
1: you are living right now isn't a dream. Now most people will tell you that it can't be a dream. Dreams don't suck this bad. That's a valid point. But what if it's a nightmare? Not all nightmares involve long, endless drops from which you wake in a sweat-soaked bed. Not all contain great, scary monsters that chase you down dark corridors filled with nasty spiders. Nope. Some nightmares are about real life. That pointless day-to-day drudgery. Sign this, file that, make coffee, get the kids up, wash the car, feed the dog, fill the car with gas, shave, shower, brush your teeth, change the baby's diapers, fix dinner, find a date, change your oil, and oh yeah, kiss up to the boss while you're at it. I'm gonna tell you a tale about something that happened to me. Is it real? Did it really happen? Or was it just a dream? Or even a nightmare? I actually don't know. I could never tell anymore. You see... One day I found this door, and this door led me into another land far different from our own a land where fish walk the earth selling cigars to anyone with the means to purchase them, where hamsters perform feats of amazing strength, where jellyfish fly through the night dropping bundles of twine amongst the populace, where gangs of crazed movie fans roam the streets looking for the six-hour uncut version of Robin Hood men in tights. My name is Norman, Oklahoma, and this is my land, or as we like to call it, the land. The door to the land is in my closet, and I like to visit there from time to time. See, I have a second life there. Here in the world, I'm just an average guy. I get stepped on a lot, used, pushed around, taken for granted, even ignored. But in the land, I'm a hero, a legend. Everything wasn't always peaches and cream in the land, though, and that brings me to my story. Normally, whenever I used my closet portal, I ended up at the palace in the northern part of the land. Today, however, something went wrong. I immediately recognized where I was, but I couldn't for the life of me understand how I got there. I was standing on a massive slice of toast in the middle of an Ovaltine lake during one of the coldest days the land had ever seen. I shivered uncontrollably as I paced about the toast, rubbing my arms to give them warmth as I began to scan the shore, looking for a place to to dock my toast. When I noticed someone standing on the shore, holding a limp body in their arms. They looked like they needed help. I needed to do something. I had to get off this damn chocolate lake. I quickly grabbed a large breadstick as it floated by and used it to row myself to shore and the odd couple it held. Fighting the currents and the twine that was continually dropped on my head, I floated closer to the shore, the figures becoming more distinct. The one that was standing was a woman. A little old woman, actually. She wore her blue hair all done up in a tight bun at the top of her head, held in place by two knitting needles. Her torn and stained dress clung loosely to her small frame, the cloth flapping wildly in the cold Arctic wind. Tears ran down her wrinkly cheeks as she dropped to her knees, the body rolling from her arms and onto the CNH pure cane sugar that made up the beach. I leapt from the toast and ran the last few yards through the ankle-deep, chocolatey goodness and knelt down beside the sprawled figure on the beach. It's okay now, I told the old lady as I gently turned the body over. I gasped in surprise, consternation covering my face as I recognized the small form lying before me. It was child superstar Haley Joe Osment from such films as The Sixth Sense and Pay It Forward. He looked dead, but he seemed to be sleeping. I quickly checked for his pulse and found it beating strong and regular. What's wrong with him?
3: He was looking for you, Norman, Oklahoma.
1: The old lady croaked weakly. She leaned down and ran her hand lovingly through Haley's hair.
3: He never bundles up. I tell him all the time, but he never does. She began to ramble. I told him he would catch his death of cold. But does he listen to me? No, of course he doesn't. What do I know? I'm just an old lady. Every time he goes out, I tell him, Haley, make sure you bundle up. But he never does. He never wears his mittens, which I made for him with my own hands. He never wears a scarf because it's not cool to wear a scarf. He's just too into his own little world to see in the future, help him put right what once went wrong, playing with his Legos. She paused
1: to take a breath, and I leapt on the opportunity to interrupt her. How do you know my name?
3: Everybody knows who you are, Norman, Oklahoma.
1: She looked up at me, tears running down her face.
3: Can you help him?
1: Uh, I don't know. You say he has a cold?
3: Yes, the little scamp never bundles up like I tell him. Just the other day, he wanted to go out and build a snowman. Make sure you wear your boots, I would tell him. But does he wear his boots? Listen, lady. Deirdre. What? My name is Deirdre. I'm the boy's nanny.
1: What are you two doing out here, Deirdre?
3: Well, like I said, he was looking for you.
1: She started to cry as she clutched Haley Jo Osmond to her body.
3: And now look at my poor little lambikin. He's caught his death of cold. Why were you looking for me? I interrupted. He has a message for you from your cousin. Gary? I
1: cried, looking to the old woman. What's wrong with Gary? Is he okay?
3: That, I'm afraid, I do not know. She sniffed, gesturing to Haley. Only he can tell you of such things, but he can't because he's going to die. She began to wail again and I covered my ears.
1: Confusion twisted my thoughts as I gazed down at the pixie face of Haley Joe Osmond. His breathing was regular, his face peaceful as he slept on the sugary beach. I, I don't understand. My voice could barely be heard above the wind, which whipped about us like friends' as spirits. What could Gary want with me? It's been ages since we spoke and we didn't part on the best of circumstances. My brain stopped working. I knew about Gary and yet my memories of the land were missing. Why couldn't I remember? Crazy. Haley moaned quietly, his eyelids fluttering as he struggled to regain consciousness.
3: My little lamikin, Deirdre cried. You're alive! Speak to me! Please speak to me! She was holding the boy close to her as she rocked back and forth. Why didn't you bundle up like I told you? Why won't you ever listen to me? You're just a naughty little boy. He's gone crazy. Killing needs to be stopped. The boy was thrashing
1: about in Deirdre's arms. A chill went through my body as I knelt and listened to the catatonic child actor mumble about murder and insanity. Just at that moment, before I could try to make sense about how I got here and what this kid had to do with anything, the teen Lake began to churn. I stood, looking out at the lake, the wind blowing my hair from my face as the chocolate lake swirled violently. Something was in there. Then, suddenly... A gargantuan pez dispenser with the head of Donald Duck burst from the lake. Great roars and bellows came from within the depths of this towering toy as it made its way toward us in a berserker rage. I froze. I've heard of this duck. Nothing stopped it. I'm not sure where it came from or even why it was here, but something told me that I didn't really want to know. Norman, Oklahoma, I have come for you. I have come to put an end to the madness you have spread across the land. The duck's booming voice filled everything. Me? The dang thing was after me? I couldn't think. My mind locked like a 350 big block drained of oil. I said the first thing that popped into my head. The only madness being spread is yours, duck. I stood, pointing an accusing finger at the colossal cartoon candy container. And your madness spreads like butter on a bald monkey!
0: Make yourself ready, Norman Oklahoma, for I am coming, and I am death.
1: The duck's charge could not be stopped. Cold brown Ovaltine sprayed out from the sides of the immense Pez dispenser of death as it bore down upon my companions and me on the
0: shore. Will Norman Oklahoma escape the terror of the mighty duck? Does Francis really have any idea what to get Betty for their anniversary? Can you really save a buck or two by calling 1-800-COLLECT? Find out in the next nail-bending installment of The View from Norman, Oklahoma. Well, that sounds exciting. Can't wait for next week to find out what happens. Okay, so that brings another episode to an end. So, let me tell you what you can do to make me feel better as a person. You can send me an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. Tell us what you think of the show. You can also call the Just Another Fanboy voice line at one eight seven seven three zero nine eight three six seven 309 8367 extension 212. You can be our friend over at comicspace.com. Just come to www.comicspace.com slash just underscore another underscore fanboy come be our virtual friend and read the bulletins i send out that keeps you updated on when the new shows arrive if you'd rather be a member of our mailing list send me an email at fanboy at gmail.com and put just another fan of the show in the subject line and i'll email you when a new episode comes out The theme song for the show is Comic Book by the Super Spies. Find it and information about the band at GarageBand.com. The rest of the music from this week's episode comes from the pod show, Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. And remember, Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcasting Network. So until next week, I'm Steven, and I'm Just Another Fanboy.
1: Just like the top just like just a, just like really understand Shadows a,
3: Good job!